1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time. A wave sports and entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. My name is Volmani Jones. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is that time of week where we have a guest join us. Check out her podcast, The Mina Kimes Show, featuring Lenny, who may or may not be a dog. It talks about football with all kinds of football people. Mina Kimes, what's going on?
0: You had a great meeting with Lenny this week. Or was it last, it was I last did. week? Sorry. Yeah, that's right. I did get to
1: come through and meet Lenny. Lenny was a lot more chill than I expected him to be. We had had a rapport.
0: He was chill because like all dogs, he picks up on the energy of the person he's meeting him. If they are afraid or tense, he responds in kind. You were very chill. um, And so he picked up on that. I think the same dynamic applied when you met my infant. I don't want to blow up your spot too much or, or or I guess brag on you, but uh Bomani is great with kids, guys. Uh that was my big revelation of last week. Amazing actually.
1: Yeah, yeah let me tell yeah, let me tell you about Vita's revelation with me being good with kids. She had the kid and I had been talking to her and I told her at a point, this is gonna surprise you but I'm really good with kids. And she was like, oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. And then I showed up, and was actually good with the kid. And Sean tells me like, yeah, I talked to Mina. She said, you were really good with the kid. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, the little, I am the baby whisperer. I don't know why. It's been this way my whole life. Kids, I, I, I make things happen with the little people.
0: It really is the same thing as with the dog. So, I don't know a lot about babies. I want to be clear. I only have four months of expertise at this point. But, um, the one thing I do know is that they, they do pick up. If you have tension in your arms, they will respond. They won't relax, which is why they're so good with like grandmas because there's no tension in those arms. Uh, when you picked him up and held him, I just feel like you were so relaxed. He kind of melted into your arms. And I think that is your superpower is that you're just very relaxed with him.
1: Yeah, man. And altitude. They like they like <laughs> being true. able yeah. to like get a good get some good elevation. One of the things that you lose when you become an adult is can't nobody ever just pick you up eight, nine feet up in the air? You know what I'm saying? Let me think about that for a second. When's the last time somebody just grabbed you by your shoulders, picked you up and spun you around like it was a helicopter? Uh,
0: I can't, it's been a while for me. It makes me think of, I don't know if you've ever seen that SNL skit when um, Travis Kelsey hosted where, uh, or was it Kelsey or other, fo- no, it was other football players, pardon me, where uh, women hire football players to just pick them up. They're not cheating on their significant others, but it's like sometimes you want to just be picked up. And these I can't remember, maybe it was Jason, I it was Creed Humphrey from the Chiefs was one of the guys I think in it. But in any case, yeah, I do think all humans like to be picked up.
1: That's where the skinny dude can't win in the game, man. Like these <laughs> women out here being like a man ain't a man. If he can't pick you up and carry you, hey, man, it might just be an L, right? Maybe, maybe maybe we both need to go to the gym. I need to hit them weights and you need to run the track. I don't know. But some of us are just not going to be out here giving you Was the, the, I'm having the time of my life. Like we ain't going to be <laughs> able to dirty dancing up in this bad boy. Some of us just ain't equipped for that. Some of us are better at math, you know?
0: I think it's fine. The point is you can pick up a baby. You can hold him from great heights. He enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it because I enjoyed having the brief respite of you holding the baby. So it was a great visit. Uncle Bo uh, was in the house. Baby loved him. Dog loved him. I'm
1: coming back. I'm going to check it out. Now, I want to ask you this as we get to talking about the football. Um, You and I have talked about this a little bit offline but I don't think it's really getting enough attention. On one side of the bracket, the quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. On the other side, they're Brock Purdy and Jared Goff. And no shade to those dudes, but one of them is going to go to the Super Bowl. One of them may be going to the Super Bowl for the second time. And what that tells us is the AFC got a whole different quarterback situation than the NFC
0: has. Yes. Yeah. And it goes beyond Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Like, you know, you, for all of the Josh Allen discourse that's gone on this week, you can see, you and I agree. He is one of clearly the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Joe Burrow is in the AFC. CJ Stroud now is in the AFC. I, but I, I can't help but think like if I was one of these coaches picking between these jobs, I would want to stay the hell out of the AFC. I mean, there's still a bunch of jobs left open, but like, yeah, you go to the, the Titans just took the, uh, the Bengals offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan. I mean, I like what I saw from Will Levis, but how do you not look around that landscape and feel like, hmm, this isn't going to go, like, we're going to, it's going to be really hard for us to compete with these guys.
1: I think in Tennessee, you look around, like, you can get myopic and be like, it is the AFC South, right? Like, I feel like everybody's got a chance there, but even then, Trevor Lawrence might be the seventh best quarterback or the eighth best quarterback in the conference.
0: Yeah. I, and, is, th-
1: and, and for the hell he's caught, he's still pretty good.
0: He is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the CJ Stroud thing, I think, it used to be we could say, like, well, the AFC South is the AFC South. But then Stroud playing the way he has, where he clearly looks like one of the top eight quarterbacks in the NFL now, more than that, honestly, throws all of that into sharp relief. But let me ask you this. Like, so you you talked about the disparity in quarterbacking in the final four teams does that make it to you? So do you come out of that feeling like the AFC te- teams are significantly better than the NFC teams? Or do you think those NFC teams have built around those quarterbacks so well that we'll still get a competitive Super Bowl?
1: Like, I think the trick bag is if the cheats make it there and it's Patrick Mahomes and the faux paws, right? Like he's trying to throw it to dudes that catch like they got faux paws. If he has to go out there against that with that band against the 49ers, this could go in either direction, right? Like, I, 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 as, you know, my Detroit Lions, as good as I feel about them, as a day one Detroit Lions fan, because day one was when the new future started, right? Like, the bad old days didn't exist. Day one is the day that I showed up. I'm, 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 I'm getting real Gen Z about this, right? Ain't nothing matter before I came, before I showed up in the spot, Right. I can't take the Detroit Lions over Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) There's just no way in the world that I'm going to be able to look somebody in the face and do that. If my Lions win, I'm going to still go to the parade. But I'm not going to be able to just say, I think the Lions are going to win a game with Patrick Mahomes on the other side. But those 49ers, I do think that maybe they can win it. But I don't know if Brock Purdy would want no parts of that Kansas City defense, which, I mean, It's a real thing. Like The idea that the big reason Josh Allen couldn't throw that one touchdown pass is Chris Jones, who's that rare animal that can go from defensive tackle to defensive end on pass rushing downs, is like, I'm just going to push Deion Dawkins straight backwards. Yeah, he's really big and he's really good. Don't matter. That's all I'm going to do is just push him back.
0: Chris Jones was lined up at edge six times in this game. One of them was that play. The other time he forced a fumble that should have ended the game if one of the Chiefs had freaking fallen on the bump. So one third of the times he was lined up at edge, he almost ended that football game. I I, like that to me was the story on uh, that side of the ball in the game. I mean, and ultimately, I think one of the big differences between the Chiefs and the Bills, like as much as we want to make this about the quarterbacks and, you know, one play here, the Chiefs have a closer on deep, they got a lot of youth, they got a lot of physicality. I think some of the draft picks have really paid off. a Cor Laftis, who I call Tim Tubo. Uh, Google his face, you'll understand. He was excellent in this game. Uh, Trent McDuffie, my guy out of Washington, incredible. Jarius Sneed, but Chris Jones, who's you know their highest paid uh, edge rusher, or defensive lineman rather, he tried to end the game. On the other side, the Bill's highest paid player on defense is Von Miller, who basically disappeared this season. So, uh, you know, I like that to me is the story of the like, oh, the Chiefs, they got their highly paid quarterback, but everything else they've done has been smart in terms of the draft picks, the money that they've spent. Then you look at the bills and some of the draft picks and the contracts, and they're just not as good.
1: Well, I mean, Von Miller is going to the Hall of Fame. I don't think we really got much dispute about that. But that is to say he has played long enough in the NFL for me to definitively say he has built a Hall of Fame case. You don't do that in no five years unless you Patrick Mahomes my man is old right like 13 years deep in the NFL we forget that these dudes get old and you're right when you look at the rest of that defense because your White got hurt so they don't have that guy anymore Matt Milano's hurt they don't have a and even Milano was not like a closer he's really really good to have right he's a great player but we're not talking about Michael Parsons they don't have that guy
0: yeah and the Niners do uh, obviously they, with their defensive line. The Ravens are kind of they are so weird on defense because they don't have like a stud edge rusher, but they have like a zillion guys who will get after the quarterback and then a scheme that'll confuse the hell out of them. And then the spine of the defense is amazing. They're I, Ravens chiefs. It is funny because it is we're we're gonna make it about the quarterbacks, but like these two defenses, the physicality, the speed that they play with, the um, creative pressures, like the diabolical shit that freaking Mike McDonald and Steve Spagnuolo are gonna do to those quarterbacks, make it an incredible game. I I I, I've been kind of going back and forth on this one. I don't know if you are leaning some kind of way right now. I'm leaning Ravens just because they've been so dominant all year, and as much as like the Chiefs, what you call them? The four paws, <laughs>
1: guys. Faux paws, the faux paws.
0: So as much as they randomly decided to step up in one game, like I don't trust MVS to make those two catches again in another game. So I'm, I'm probably going to go with the Ravens because of that. But it is a very even match.
1: Well, you're more familiar with these sorts of things than I am in terms of the metrics. But I do think it's been a bit underrated. Quietly, the 2023 Baltimore Ravens, at least in the regular season, kind of one of the greatest teams of all time by statistical profile? Like I'm not wrong in saying that, Emma.
0: No, not at all. Yeah, the the way that they dominated good teams um and then when you dig into like the nerd numbers like DVOA, we are talking about a uh, historically good football team. I mean, g- looking back, At most of the games that they played this year, there were some weird fluke games. The Steelers game comes to mind. There was the Rams game where they just caught Matt Stafford on an absolute heater, which happened a lot this season. But other than that, they dominated good teams. I mean, we might get Ravens-Lions. They dominated the Lions. We might get Ravens-Niners. They dominated the Niners. Like They are so good and so balanced. Um, yeah, I do feel like they're, they're a underrated at this point. Like, we should be thinking of them as a powerhouse coming into this.
1: So what have you thought about Lamar this year? Because he's going to win the MVP, but this was not... I don't want to say it's a season where he's winning the MVP by default, but he didn't feel as electric this year to me as like 2019 when he won it, when he just kind of jumped off the screen. But right now he's the quarterback of the best team in the league. And let's be honest, people just couldn't talk themselves into Brock Purdy, no matter how high the yards per attempt number was. But comparing this year's Lamar to what we had seen last year, like what are the differences that you see?
0: Yeah, it's a great question because um, I think one way to answer that is – there's, there's two things. So, so one thing is like when, when you watch him run this year, don't you feel like he's like 75% trying? Like he's not really like pouring himself into it. There's like this kind of LeBron conservation thing happening. And we took off for a couple times in the last game. And he did that thing he did in high school where he kind of stop, goes to a full stop vertically and then kept going. And then at the end of the runs, he's like, all right, that's fine. I had to do it. Fine, fine. It's not like Josh Allen gets so juiced or whatever. But I do feel like that there's a contrast between that and 2019 where every single run was like, oh my God, this guy is going to, is trying to literally make every person on the field retire at this moment and break off the most explosive run because he doesn't Need to, And I think that's the biggest difference between this version of him and the 2019 version, the 2019 version, it felt like every single game he had to put on his back and win on his own, right? This version, it's an offense that can beat you a bunch of different ways. Um, there's not an easy, easy solve for them. You remember in 2019 in the playoff game after, you know, he he was MVP and whatnot, the Titans surprised them essentially like stacking the box and forcing him to throw outside and they didn't have a response. You contrast that with what you just saw in the Houston game, where in the first half when Ryans was sending uh, zero blitzes at him and they weren't solving it, I was like a little bit worried. Then they come out that first drive of the second half, the way this offense solved the blitz, he was getting the ball out so quickly, the spacing of the wide receivers, the way Todd Munkin was using motion to create openings for those wide receivers, it doesn't look as crazy because it's simply like a quarterback playing at an extremely high level, throwing to good skill players, but it is far more dangerous because it's not all on the quarterback. So he has been amazing. He's like a very complete quarterback this year, but I don't think it's as overwhelming feeling because it doesn't have to be as overwhelming.
1: Yeah. And I think a Testament to him that kind of gets lost in this is that, we said, hey, Lamar, they got to go get him some weapons. And they got them weapons, but they ain't go out there and get, like, bazookas and grenades, right? Like, they got some real sturdy pistols, perhaps a rifle, right? Like, they, they got guys that'll do the job. They can kill you, don't get me wrong, but they're not going to napalm the world. Like, I don't – Odell Beckham is at that point of his career where he's a very good player, a competent player probably, but we're not we're not talking about – you wouldn't see that dude play and know that he was once really famous. Right. Like you wouldn't like he doesn't seem to be that. Mark Andrews is that guy, but he hasn't been able to play for weeks. Zay Flowers, I feel like, is promising, right? But he we're not we're not looking at like, like a great player in this moment. They are great because Lamar Jackson is yeah. great.
0: And I think the offense is really smart and like puts them in good positions. I can't I g I keep going back to the spacing. I can't tell you how many times the first four years or twenty nineteen through twenty twenty two with um Greg Roman calling the offense where I would just see two wide receivers like in the same space at the wrong time and not understand like and some of that, by the way, isn't just play calling. It's how you coach them, execution, all of that. W- when you watch them now, uh, the wide receivers are just there. It's not like there's no Jamar chase on this team. You know, there's not even a brand. Well, I, I think say flowers is on his way to being pretty good, but the point is, um, the actual offense, the system, the structure of it is intelligent. They're attacking defenses. Uh, there's a logic to the play calling in terms of the sequencing of it. One thing opening up another. So you don't need in the same way I, I was like, you don't need Lamar to be like overwhelming on his face. And he has been in games. I mean, the Rams game that I mentioned, you know, on the other side, he was crazy but you don't need the wide receivers to be insane, you know, to make insane plays. They just gotta be good, man. I mean, and they gotta catch the football and they're doing that. Like again, with Jackson, uh, previous to this would, did they, his receivers seem to have like huge drops in big moments and it was so infuriating because we knew the quarterback was going to get the bulk of the blame for it. This group just feels more trustworthy. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that, and to that end, we talk about Lamar, we talk about the coaches, both sides. Amazing. This front office did a really good job this offseason. You know, they probably overpaid Beckham, but if that's what it took to get him in the building, to get Lamar back, it was worth it.
1: Yeah, It was kind of wild. This time last year, they had beef. Yeah. They had real beef. And I was absolutely advocating for Lamar Jackson. Don't give him an inch. And he shouldn't have gave him an inch, by the way. I think we have the great testament of what we see right now. Get your guarantee, buddy. I really wish he had to.
0: But he'll be fine. I mean, you know, obviously even with quarterback it's funny cuz with the the whole guaranteed quarterback contract you you understand why you want them to do it and frankly like if Deshaun Watson hadn't gotten those guarantees that were sort of the basis of all of this we might be having a different conversation about Deshaun Watson and his future in Cleveland if that contract looked different right but um so it doesn't always work out but when you're good as of course Lamar Jackson's been great it's effectively guaranteed he'll be fine like they're going to do an early extension they're going to keep rolling it and stuff but yeah it's he could not have risen to the occasion any more than he did. I mean, I, I'm glad he stayed just because I do. I, I you know, it was kind of the way it all went down this offseason kind of stunk, and and you remember with the uh, the non-exclusive tag and all that weird stuff. But I will say they built a really good team around him and. There is something to be said for staying in this not just the city with the staff you like, but also playing on the best team in football has to be pretty gratifying.
1: Well, something I think for them down the line that's going to be interesting is Todd Munkin ain't never going to be nobody's head coach. Like I don't like in all the things that he's done with Lamar Jackson this year, you have not heard his name come up in any of these. Like he's he it seems like he's not that guy, right? Like he's high end coordinator guy, which means he could be there for a minute. Like, normally when you get a golf fence that goes this well with a coordinator like that, you're like, damn, man, we're going to lose him next year, right? Like, we know Ben Johnson's going to leave Detroit at some point in the very near future, for example. That ain't going to I think Ty Monkey could be there five, six years.
0: Yeah. I think also just because he has that history as, you know, a head coach before and I don't know. Maybe. I mean, and then I think the age factors into it, to be honest. Like, if he was, you know, 33, he probably would be – getting a little bit more buzz um that would be great for Lamar if he sticks around like I said I've been so impressed by him I'll be curious to see what happens with the D coordinator who I I for my money I would he would be my number one choice of any of these guys I mean Bo like what he's done to these Shanahan offenses the Niners the Dolphins the Texans same tree in the last round we're not seeing any coach around the league solve them that way. And he's got good players. So I don't want to like, I, I, you know, sometimes we get too obsessed with these like hotshot coordinators and we forget that they have awesome players and they go somewhere else and it doesn't work out. You saw that with the Rams and Staley, for example. Right. But you know, all, all of those players I have seen before, he has gotten the most out of them. Uh, and the, that, defense from it it is the most fun to watch in the NFL Spags is pretty close, but like the stuff that they do is crazy. I would want, like, if I'm in, if I'm to Seahawks, for example, and I got to play Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan twice a year, I want that guy, the guy who's solved it. Uh, And I, I'll be, we'll be curious to see what happens. This coaching carousel is kind of weird right now. It's hard to get a feel for who's going to get what jobs. I would want him.
1: But I'll tell you that you, that also leads to something interesting about Shanahan, when he got Trey Lance, the thought was, hey, what I'm doing needs to evolve to the next step. So many people are doing it. They're going to catch up. But nobody really caught up because you see what that offense does. And you may be looking at the guy that causes for the next level of what Shanahan is going to have to come up with. Because, look, everybody everybody got a VCR. You know what I'm saying? They all can go watch 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 these tapes, see what happened, and figure out a way to implement it themselves.
0: Yeah. I, I've been thinking about this because um, you got – obviously they're playing the chiefs. And one of the, when I kind of preview or prepare for games, I'll go back and watch, okay, who solved this defense, who did a good job against them, you know, and and the the best games, what I allude to the Rams game, but uh, I don't like the, the Rams had a very dominant run game on the first drive. They were just slamming duo into them and they were, they were winning at the line of scrimmage. And then after that, Matt Stafford just went nuclear. That's not a plan. I mean the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes so they might do it because he's Patrick Mahomes but like when I watch this defense this Ravens defense which cuts back to your original point about how dominant this team is there's no glaring weaknesses but like there's nothing like the Chiefs defense is great but you can run on them you can you, you, the Bills have done it a couple times I think the Ravens will be able to do it especially you can spread to run on them and the Ravens love doing that I don't see that with this Ravens defense like I've been like trying to figure out what do you it, maybe there's an injury or something but they don't have there's nothing that jumps out to me as something that you can attack with them, which is going to be a massive problem, not just in this round, but if they make it to the Super Bowl.
1: Now, I think you and I both agree that if the if uh, the Chiefs are going to win this, it's strictly going to be because, hey, we got Jordan, the, the Jordan figure of the NFL here. I don't understand how it is that people seem to be losing sight of the fact that, man, he's everything. Everything.
0: Wouldn't he become underrated? Like, can you pinpoint a moment in the discourse when we st- we started – taking him for granted. I know this is like a corny thing and people do it with, with LeBron too, but like, it really does feel like one, two things are, I think have happened one. I think people have taken it for granted a little bit. And then the other is people have kind of turned on him. I don't know if you feel that, but it feels like there's like an impatience or, and maybe that's just pure dominance. Like with same with the Patriots where people kind of turned on them. Like people are just tired of him being good for so long. But it felt to me like this year something changed with how people talk about him and feel about them. Well,
1: I felt like it got weird when the 13 second game happened and we ignored the fact that Patrick Mahomes led a game tying drive that only took 13 seconds. Right? Like you can blame it on Leslie Frazier. You can blame it on whatever. You could talk about how unfair it was that the Bills didn't get the ball and overtime started. Somehow we have skipped over the fact that in 13 seconds, that guy took that team. And by the way, I recall it being pretty cold outside, took them down the field and got in a position for what was a very long field goal, as I recall, but it doesn't matter. They made it. That's when I was like, oh, okay. Maybe this is a bit strange. They win the Super Bowl last year, right? And I feel like at that point, now he's hater-proof. Like, he's got MVPs, but he's also got Super Bowl rings, and we should be watching this like we watch Tiger Woods, where it's just like, oh, I don't, what in the world is he going to do next? But it never got there, but also, there's nothing hateable about him. So you don't have people like Tom Brady, I could see, especially if you're just a hater, how you could hate Tom Brady. There's no real argument there against Mahomes. I don't, I don't, he did the quarterbacking, the little documentary that made people like Kirk Cousins. It made me like Patrick Mahomes more because I found out he has some dog in him. (laughs) But it didn't go that way for America. I actually
0: think he's kind of similar to Ray, not just in his greatness on the field, but like I've never heard anyone who's ever worked with or played for these guys say anything bad about either of them. Like uh, they both just seem like pretty nice guys I don't know (laughs) I just I the the closest I ever we've seen to Patrick Mahomes getting real hate was after the Tony game when he flipped out about the call and the refs even that is like so freaking mild and I felt like um okay uh I'll make this a little bit of myself with the comparison but when you have a baby and the baby just cries you can't get mad at the baby so you get mad at someone else. So the other day, like the baby was crying and I heard my husband just screaming at the dog. Because <laughs> you have to redirect your anger somewhere because you're filled with rage all the time. But you can't yell at a baby because it's just a baby. So you get and this is I think spouses get in fights a lot because of this, because of that. That's how I felt watching Patrick Mahomes freak out of the refs. I was like, oh, he can't yell at Tony and MVS and these, you know, boneheads around him. He's got, but he's mad. He is mad. So he's just like pointing that whatever direction he can. And by the way, Bo, credit to Patrick Mahomes, because that dude never lost his shit at MVS. He, and I would, he is a better man than me. And in this last game, MVS finally, re- I, when you, when, when you saw him throw that ball, the slap fade, the first one down the sideline, crazy throw. What part of you thought MVS would catch it?
1: Have you, have you ever seen Necessary Roughness?
0: Mm-mm.
1: You need to see Necessary Roughness. Those of us who have seen and remember a character by the name of Featherstone. Don't throw it to stone hands. That's what it seemed like. That ball was going to come on a perfect arc, and it was just, it was it, it was going to hit his head and sound like somebody was dribbling a basketball on a wood floor. Like it was just going to boom, boom, boom. Like you knew it was, There was no way, and he caught it like yeah, on his helmet, know. damn near. Like he just <laughs> dropped it in there to where there's nothing you can but
0: do. Like, that's part of the greatness of Mahomes, right? That he still made. He's I, this. I don't want. I don't want to sound like I'm over complimenting him because obviously that's the play. He's open. He's got one on one. It was cover one. It's the matchup he wants. He knows he can make that throw. But I'll be damned if I sure wouldn't have thrown an MPS in the playoffs in two big moments.
1: <laughs> oh no no no! Good
0: for him. I, would, I don't
1: know when the last time would have been that I had even talked to him. <laughs> right? Like, it, it just been that dude at work that you see it, you don't say nothing to. Right? You just be like, all right. You know, he he over there. All right, everybody know where they're supposed to be? Cool. He'd be like, hey, Pat, I got a question. All right, Um, all right. Um, Z49 on three. Let's go. Let's go. go. Go go over there, man. Just go over there. I ain't no way I'm throwing him the ball. Uh,
0: you know, it, it worked out. So maybe him yelling at the refs. Well, we can chart that up to a great moment of leadership. And uh, because we probably should like he's at a point now where we since the throws and everything else is so we're, you know, we're talking about for We shouldn't take for granted. It's awesome. But, you know, we we got to start talking about him as an all timer and leadership factors into that as well. And I mean, that dude went through some adversity this year with those those receivers and the drops and the routes and all of that. So credit to him. Um this one's going to be hard for me, man. Like, I, I yeah.
1: Oh, he's handled it very well that he might be the, maybe the best player that I've ever seen. And he's been the second most famous person on his team. And the first most famous person on his team don't even play for the team. And he's just rolling with that, right? Like, yeah, Brittany over there. I guess, I guess his wife get to hang out with Taylor Swift. She seemed like the type that would find that to be a very big deal. And so it all slides together. But, like, the Chiefs sneakily, after two Super Bowls, became America's team of sorts because of Taylor Swift.
0: I wonder if he likes that that the, sh- the attention is a little bit off of him. This I mean, maybe that's I always think it's better to be rich and not famous than famous and rich, you know like that's the perfect the sweet spot or whatever. I I have never gotten the impression. I know Patrick did commercials and he did the quarterback series. He doesn't seem to like relish fame. I don't, may, I I could be wrong about that. So maybe he likes the fact that the the heat is off of him a little bit. I'll tell you what though. Taylor's man, he stepped up, looked like his old self. He did. That's scary.
1: He did. He did. And his, and his brother looked like a lunatic. We're uh, coming up next on The Right Time. We're going to talk a little bit more about that and get you ready for the championship games. Prize Picks is the most fun you can have by winning up to 25 times your money this football season. And now you can play during basketball season too. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And if you stick around for the end of the show, you'll get to hear some picks from our producer Sean that can either help you win or make you fail miserably. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com/bomani and use code BOMANI for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com/bomani. PrizePicks. Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's a new year, which means it's time for everyone's new year's resolutions. We tend to get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. This year, let's stop the new year, new you talk and focus on things we want to keep the same in 2024. Whether you found a consistent workout routine, a healthier diet plan, or decided to read more, let's continue the things we did well last year into the new year. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com dot com slash Bomani today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help. Dot com slash spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations. I keep getting and spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton All Access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. All right, meet it right fast. Something that just dawned on me because I'm looking at ESPN.com's homepage and it's a picture of Kirk Cousins. And it's like, yo, I completely forgotten about this dude. He's going to be, somebody's got to decide whether they're going to play for him next year. Like there's this whole class of not good enough quarterbacks that we all know now are simply not good enough. And by the way, Tua Tagovailoa, for example, falls under this category. What are these teams supposed to do? Because you're not going to necessarily
0: find one better than them, but you know they're not good enough. Okay, so... I don't know if we've talked about this i have actually warmed up to Kirk cousins over the last couple of years i think he's become a better quarterback i know this is good this yeah oh <laughs> i really because okay the the, the the shanahan quarterbacks let's the, the you know who they are right the guys who are um in those schemes and who are you know i'll go to operating them there's varying levels of them kirk was always kind of the platonic ideal of <laughs> Sean. The uh <laughs> the guy I was about to say he got you. Uh well you know speaking of got me last time I I think this might have been the last time I did your show. So it was before then I was kind of making fun of Kirk. I was like he just throwing up to Justin Jefferson and praying and Dolphins fans repurposed that and pretended like I was talking about Tua and you and made hate videos out of it. So they used my Kirk slander to Uh, pretend it was to a slander. But the irony is now I I'm higher on Kirk. Like I, I really think he really is pushing the ball downfield more. He's been taking more risks and boy, watching that Minnesota offense without him, you sure found yourself missing Kirk cousins. So uh, some teams around the league are definitely going to talk themselves into it.
1: That's fair. I think he's still fatally flawed, right? Like, I think that's the issue with him is he'll, he'll throw it short of the sticks on fourth in the season. Like that's, that's, that, that's still in the, that's still in the offing with Kirk, but you're right. He has become a better player. And I think that Netflix documentary did a lot in the ways that people viewed him. I actually, I actually came to like him a bit more during the pandemic when he had made the decision that he was not going to get that shot. I mean, which I thought was silly behavior, but at least he was willing to pay the cost of it. Right. He's like, yeah, well I just sit up here and I hold up all by myself and I don't go nowhere. Cause Hey, I was like, Hey, if you're willing to live like that, I respect you standing tall. Like Aaron Rodgers showed us that not everybody was kicking it like that. Like Kirk cousins. I was like, okay, you, you, are, you a are real one, a real blank one. You can fill in the blank with a lot of different things, but a real one but this gets us to what we talk about with the nfc and this whole league you better have a guy like for the colts i hope for their, their sake that anthony richardson who i'm incredibly high on but i hope it really works for them because now they in the division with cj stroud like what you there aren't that many there aren't enough good quarterbacks but there's so many excellent ones right now that you just look at yourself and just be like damn like i don't know what your seahawks gonna do they need a coach and they got to get a quarterback
0: i i I'm actually very high in Geno Smith. I, I'm a big proponent of Geno Smith. Was yeah, he, I, he wasn't the problem. I'm telling you. I, someone who is like a, disproportionately locked into this team, often to the detriment of my own mental health. Um, Geno Smith <laughs> is not why that team was losing games. They're losing games because defense, and it's been that case for years, which, by the way, is why they ultimately got Pete Carroll out the paint. I think the defense being below average for six years. <laughs> Can you screenshot that? But... Um, Gino, like when you dig into the numbers, I mean, the first of all, on tape he made still consistently some really impressive and accurate throws, but he really struggled on third down. He struggled on third down because the offensive line didn't protect him. I mean, he was getting rid of the ball very quickly, but um, a lot of times it wasn't enough. I I would consider, I would, pardon me, I would continue to ride with him. His contract's pretty manageable. I think next year it's about 31 mil, which I know sounds insane, but that's a manageable quarterback contract these days. Um, They're they're not in position to get a quarterback, although my, uh, my guy Mel Kiper put out his first mock and he had them taking J.J. McCarthy at 16th, at which point I took my computer and I threw it into the ocean. Uh but um <laughs> that's the clip that the uh the Michigan fans are gonna find. But um, you know, I, I think Gino you can absolutely win in the NFC with him. I that's why, by the way, I think this job's pretty attractive. Like there's definitely some things that to be fixed on that roster, but when you look around that conference, I still think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC. I really do.
1: Now, see I agree with you there, you know, and that's where you'll be in the division with the great Brock Party. Um So, like, what are you willing to say about him in front of people? Because I don't always, yeah, I don't always know what I want to say about him in front of people. I mean, I give him this. He is not a game manager because to be a game, being a game manager is a mindset. And he does not possess that mindset at all.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that he is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's start there. Because I think that's an important bar when you talk about this football team—a football team that made it to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Were they able to upgrade the position? I think so. He's more willing to push the ball downfield. He makes plays with his legs. In the final drive against Green Bay, made a very big play with his legs on first down, I believe. Um, and that's a key distinction. So that is about Brock Purdy. We got you know first you're talking about this football team. What do they need out of the quarterback? Well, they got what they needed, which is improvement on the play at prior quarterback. Um, I don't. You know, I, I think for that offense, uh, he is a good quarterback. I think uh, this season he has put together some very impressive performances. I personally would not put him in the same tier as those quarterbacks in the AFC we've been talking about. But football's not played in a vacuum. We're not asking these four guys to square off in a Thunderdome on his team. You know, what I mean, like it, 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 it's kind of like, OK, are we if you were to power rank them uh, in a vacuum, that's one thing, but then when you power rank them on their own teams, it becomes another thing altogether. I actually felt, by the way, I said this on my pod, Bo, the Packers game was kind of useless from an information standpoint, because my takeaway was, okay, you can't play in the rain. Well, it's not going to rain. So it's kind of, that is in, in kind of a microcosm for the Brock pretty, right? It's like, okay, in a vacuum, he's probably not at this level, but he doesn't play in a vacuum. So, you know? We talk about the guys who are on the field and the guys who, yeah, you know, he plays with the yeah. 49ers. They're,
1: they're, they're special guys. And that is McCaffrey and uh, Devo Samuel. They're both dinky, right? And that, that's where I think this is going to be interesting. Cause I'm hoping, you know, my lions, we've talked about this a bit, but one thing that'll be fun to watch in that is Kyle gets a bit, big brained. With it, right? He tries, he, he, he really tries to outsmart things. And Dan Campbell does not take that approach. Not that Dan Campbell isn't smart. He's just, they're not trying to beat you by outsmarting you, right? They might trick you a little bit. They might put a little wrinkle in there, but they just trying to beat you.
0: Dan Campbell is also a better game manager than Kyle Shanahan. Like, I, yes if we're talking about the coaching matchup, I trust the guy in Detroit more to manage the game, not to call plays. I, you know how I feel about Kyle Shanahan is play calling, but. This last game, I, we talk a lot about Purdy and whatever Kyle Shanahan made some pretty wild decisions in game management. I NFL live. I mentioned this like the end of the first half, when he played for that rainy field goal, when he had three timeouts and two minutes left, Dan Campbell would never like, you know, and I understand (laughs) you don't, you know, trust your quarterback to do certain, although he did actually trust the quarterback to do certain things at the end, I, but I guess I think that's worth calling out because Cap has a history of doing this, of being too conservative, of punting, of mismanaging the clock, of taking timeouts wrong. And I say this as someone who's like his super fan as a play caller, but it is infuriating to watch. and when he was happy, I was like, oh my, like he they gotta call him out for this. This is bad.
1: Have you have I ever told you my personal story in like in adventures in big braindom that I like to use no. as a parable or public service announcement, so When I was in, I think it was in eighth grade, I was in earth science, and the teacher in earth science would assign lab partner. Everybody would get a somewhat randomly assigned lab partner, but it was very clear after a point that part of the lesson that he was trying to teach was to put some of the smarter kids with some kids that weren't necessarily on the same level, right? Teach everybody how to, you know, it was a very very helpful learning experience. But sometimes there'd be something that you do with your lab partner, and when you are expected to be the smart person, you are going to take the lead. And so we had this project where they gave us some scissors, some aluminum foil, and some straws, and some tape, and we were supposed to make boats, and whoever's boat could hold the most weight, their boat, they would get to go to, I think it was the Johnson Space Center, for a field trip, right? And so... With the lab pairing that I had that semester, it was very clear that it, I, it was my job to rob this train, right? And I big-brained that shit up, man. I thought about this. I thought about that. I was cutting in these angles. I was like, you do this with straw, da-da-da, die, die, die. I made it. Man, by the time I was done, that thing was about this big right here, right? Like It was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was like this big, and it had a straw on the outside. I had wrapped it around, and I think that my boat might have finished in dead last. And Aww. I'll never forget the winner. One of them was a reasonably smart young lady. But I do remember that her lab partner, like, and I'm not exaggerating here. He couldn't read by himself. Okay. And you know what, and you know what they both looked like? They both looked like a rectangle. It was a rectangle <laughs> a barge. with straws on the side. That was all it was. Nobody. It looked like that thing must have took two minutes to make. It was a rectangle with straws on the side, and they got to go down to the space center and do all that. Cause my big brain ass was out here. Like I was like, like it was bonsai. You know, like I was doing all this stuff, man. And my thing, that thing went straight to the bottom, the first weight they put in it. You know, like sometimes you need somebody, and I'm not saying that Dan Campbell can't read, but sometimes you need somebody just to
0: make just to
1: make just to make a rectangle with some straws on it. (laughs) Sometimes that's all
0: you gotta do. So you're kyle shanahan in the analogy i just want to make sure i'm following this right kyle shanahan yeah yeah, yeah, is, yeah that, was that, that was me that, that, that was me that overly ornate boat yeah yeah that's rough uh, <laughs> well also when you're a smart kid you don't want to take the easy route because you want to show how smart you want to be impressive because you got like a, yes i'm not speaking from experience here but like uh you know when you, you're just you're like okay you know an a a isn't enough i need that a plus plus i need Yes. By the way, how much do you think Earth, when we were took Earth Science as kids? It was like the inner layer is the mantle and the core. Now kids, it's like <laughs> the world is gonna die. Like you're, you're it must be so different.
1: <laughs> yeah, Earth Science yeah. is just a series of evacuation drills.
0: Oh my god! Right. Just, um,
1: just, yeah, so that fire that you just saw pop up out of nowhere—that's what we're studying today at Earth Science.
0: I just remember learning like what is the layer in the rainforest called below the trees that was like on the test the <laughs> canopy or whatever that shit doesn't right yeah um we probably yeah, should have they're like they climate to... change
1: right now they're like there's this thing they used to have called rainforest once upon a time oh, so it was forest where it
0: rained so rough now that I got a kid these did we just get dark different. yeah we got real dark yeah, yeah. Did um, you just get dark <laughs> yeah I, yeah it's that's rough um. All right. Well, speaking of extinction, I I still think the (laughs) Niners win, uh, even though, yeah, I I, I like the game. I trust the game management of Dan Campbell more. I love the identity of that team. But Bo and, you know, I the quarterback is who the quarterback is. But when you start looking at these, I guess I'll say this. If Debo doesn't play and right now it, it genuinely looks 50 50, that might. I might be swayed. I might be swayed. Because I do think he, I think you're absolutely right. Him and McCaffrey, those two are the straws that stir the drink on that offense. And you saw, speaking of big brains, again, me with the Kosh Anahan slander, he gave Jawan Jennings one of the Debo carries in the second half and the dude got smoked. Of course, <laughs> like what are you doing, bro? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Debo is a very unusual player. He's like, he's the fastest running back and the hardest to tackle wide receiver I ever seen.
1: So have I talked to you about this, you as a new parent? I feel like I should bring this up while it's on my mind. The fact that people call him Debo like it's his name to me is an example of poor parenting we can't like it said they said they called him Debo because his dad like he will bully kids for stuff and his dad is like oh you like Debo and they just called him Debo and I'm like shouldn't y'all be nipping this behavior in the bud (laughs) like like you're not supposed to be like yo it's so cool my kid is like Debo I saw him steal another kid's bike like I'm just telling you right now if I ever see if I ever see your little man running around with a boys will be boys shirt which I take as another example of horrific (laughs) parenting that like that's how I feel about this. Like I think Debo seemed to turn out to be a responsible young man, but yeah, yeah they was clearly they was clearly pushing him in a way where thank God he played football cuz if you act like Debo and you don't play football, you go to jail for that.
0: Uh you remember when Marlon Humphrey tried to tackle him the last time these teams played and he just bounced off of him? I've never seen anything like that. Yes. He, he literally and, and the Niners, you know, <laughs> they, they they beat down the, the Niners, but there was one play where Humphrey, who is one of the more physical quarterbacks, cornerbacks in the NFL. He's, he got a running and start and he just boing, boing. And I, I um, messaged Marlin after the game. I was like, dude, <laughs> what was that? And he was like, I see why they call him Debo now. And I was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess, so I was thinking about that and uh, I hear you. However, you're rolling the dice because on one hand it can go horribly wrong. On the other hand, if you give your kid the right nickname, you might set them down a path, right? Like, if you give...
1: That is true. Your,
0: yeah, like a, like a violent nickname or, you know, they might be a great athlete because of it because they got to live up to that.
1: Or all these Shaqs, right? Like, I have not met one of these, like, Shaquille's in real life. They all are on TV. They all seem to be playing for somebody and not all of those Shaqs are Shaquille's. Some of them are just Shaqs because they was the biggest motherfucker anybody had ever seen in their little space that they were in. Some of them just, you're right. Some of them just happen to be Shaqs. It's, it's, I feel bad for you. Like if you named that kid Shaquille and he comes out my size, that ain't, that wasn't the plan, was it?
0: My kid, his name is Nino. I feel like that's a big kid name, which is kind of funny because my husband and I are small, but he's enormous, as you know. He is an enormous baby. We named him Nino without knowing how big he would be. I feel like he's already living up to. His name that not that just sounds like a fat kid, you know, sounds like
1: a fat kid. Yeah, just, well, well, and see, and that's where it gets to be two Americas, right? On your side of America, he sounds like a fat kid. Over here, it sounds you know like Brown. he yeah. runs the most fearsome crew of drug dealers <laughs> in the projects.
0: And you know, does that make me a bad parent or a great parent? What do you think? I-
1: it's a tough call it's a tough call i think i think i think you hedged your bets right like you like you 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 gave yourself one of two directions that we could go with uh in the ultimate outcome
0: how how do you feel while we're on this topic i was seeing this talking about bobby slowick how do you feel about adults who still go by bobby or jimmy or tim you know what i mean who who have the sort of diminutive names into adulthood
1: i was having this thought not too long ago right it's, I think it's very interesting where, like, when does Billy become Bill? Like, you don't call any kid College. Bill. They are Billy, and I don't know what day you're supposed to. You can be Joe forever, but at some point you're probably, unless you're a junior, you stop being Joey, and you become the Joe. I feel like you get to be Bobby for your whole life. Like, Bobby, for for whatever reason, that's a name that I am all the way cool with you riding out. And Bobby really? does not feel like a child's name to me.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Billy does, um, Bobby
1: doesn't, and Jimmy doesn't either. Jimmy feels like a name for your whole life.
0: Yeah, Timmy, you can't you can't ride with Timmy into adulthood. You can't be. Nah. I feel like nah. if you do want to change it, college is when you you have the chance. College is when when you make that transition to college, especially if you're you know. So, Of the dork persuasion as perhaps some people on this podcast might have been (laughs) college is when you can reinvent anything like if you want a different haircut if you want a different name but if you're still jimmy or timmy or joey in college it's 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 done that's who you are forever
1: You are correct about that. That first semester of college, you can really make whatever change it is. You can go like I go by my middle name now. Like that one is certainly an option. And I appreciate you. You stop short on some of the more significant changes that people make when they go to college, right? Like, like we talk about much bigger ones. Like all of a sudden you come back, like, damn, she blonde headed and she got a fade. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Oh wow, that's a and, and and a lot of tattoos.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think if i did you make any significant changes when you went to college about yourself
1: i well i became less of a jerk (laughs) if that counts as a significant change it would be that like i didn't no i didn't rebel i didn't become like a revolutionarily different person i didn't i didn't i didn't make the flip-ups like that but i did come back just a little bit taller and more mature like the big change that happened to me when I got to college is that's where I learned that girls liked me. Mm. I didn't know that before I got there. That was a big change. I, I didn't need to make a whole bunch of changes after I found out. So actually, what I've been doing was working. It was their fault? Yeah. Cool. Let's go.
0: <laughs> I actually had a pretty similar dynamic going to college, I think, um, about in terms of the opposite sex. Although I will say um, being a girl at Yale probably contributed to that <laughs> dynamic, <laughs> not to slander <laughs> <laughs> the appearance of the, uh, the uh, population there, but uh, yeah, it's a little bit like being the best defender on the Eagles this year or something, you know, uh, it's definitely a comparison. Well, well the other
1: thing that happens when you get to college in terms of like change of personality and direction of life or whatever, it's just kind of like when you smoke weed for the first time and how and how it goes from there. Yes like that that I think is a real important like course charter. I didn't get to that place till late in college so it didn't really affect me. But I've seen the other people, right? Like it's the moment that you see the transition and you watch her it'd be like, "Oh, she's the girl that can roll her own weed." That changes everything about where she goes and who she hangs out with and like who thinks she's really cool. It all goes in a whole different direction. That that that's an important Point of inflection.
0: Politics, too, I would say. Like, that's another one. But that again, that's very much an environment thing. But I I went to high school in Arizona. My politics didn't change when I got to college, but I got a hell of a lot louder about it once I left Arizona. (laughs) 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 Uh, My parents did not love it. Well, well, did did
1: Yale have the split that somebody told me was the split at Duke, right? Which was, the split was did your parents work for their money Mm. right like do your parents have jobs that support your lifestyle or not like that was the differentiating factor in the student body
0: yeah uh no i don't think so i like so my parents i didn't come from much money my dad was in the military and and my experience was like there was a lot of mixing like you know because i mean i don't think i realized at the time that i was hobnobbing with not just like the one percent but like the point zero 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 one percent i mean the first time I went to New York um, you know, from uh, Connecticut and stayed at a friend's house. It was across from the Met. And like, I didn't realize what that meant at wow. the time. Like, oh, this is, you know, like, if you wow. go, Google these people's parents, they're on the like, you know, Forbes lists and shit, you know, so, but, so I think there was a lot of mixing at the time. I'll tell you what, there was not, like politically less so, but I think from background, yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was pretty mixed together.
1: And for those of you who watch Billions, Charles Rhodes Sr. lives across the street from the Met.
0: (laughs) Exactly, yeah.
1: Just 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 so you understand what kind of paper we talk about here. But we coming up on this. This is Mita Kimes. I want you to check her out on the Mita Kimes show featuring Lenny, who is an adorable dog that, you know, I've been holding that name his 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 daddy gave him against him for so long, but I liked him a lot better in person than I like Lenny
0: Dykstra, thank God. It was you know, the name was more of a bit. It was kind of a joke, but uh I'm glad you liked him. I know. I know, I, I know. I'm glad you liked the baby. Uh, I'm glad you guys all met. It was a big, momentous occasion. We know each other now for seven years, eight years, you and me? Eight years?
1: Oh, it's got to be more than that. We, uh, we, I think we're closer to the, like, I, if I'm not mistaken, you came to my house in Miami with Pablo in 2014. Yes.
0: Speaking of smoking too much yes i remember that night uh because you were living in the like 20th floor <laughs> of that building in miami back then yeah that yeah <laughs> yes
1: that was what i that was the most impressive place i'll ever live in my life that's the one where everybody walked in it was like yeah. damn how'd yeah. you
0: get here that was I, my first impression of you was like oh he's a baller he's a high roller wow uh i remember you had a whole <laughs> closet of your and shoes the thing too is, that place
1: was 2000 2000- i did i did and that place is two thousand dollars a month less than what i got in new york which let me tell you something it ain't no beach outside yeah. this well
0: you're not going to tumble into the ocean because of climate change in new york that place that place is going to be one of the first to fair. go speaking of earth science
1: fair yeah oh yeah no 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 it's such bad news it's such bad news but the cops thank you so much i appreciate <laughs> you
0: <laughs> we got there <laughs> thanks for having me on all
1: right no problem hey uh sean uh you got prize picks for the people I sure do, Bo. Um, if the any listeners were following my bets on Monday, they would have won a nice chunk of change. But that is neither here nor there. Uh, shout out to Prize Picks. They, I know why you brought that up too. You brought that up because they've been out here giving you <laughs> hell in these streets about to, those picks. You needed to make sure it ain't new. I had to defend myself a little. Hopefully, these picks go well. Uh, shout out to Prize Picks. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, there's a special on him. All he needs is 0.5 rushing yards. I'm going to take more there because that's an easy win. Justin Tucker, one and a half field goals made. I'll take more. Jared Goff, 262 and a half passing yards. I'll take more. And Isaiah Pacheco will get a touchdown. That's all I got, Bo. Hey, Sean, I got a question for you. If I put a picture of Shane Serrano next to a picture of you and I asked people to figure out which one of them was the you and which one of them was the Serrano, what you think it would go like i think if you block out the eyes i think it'll be a much tougher test i don't know man i think even <laughs> with the eyes there y'all both with that same mustache like i give y'all both hats shout out shay though yeah that's great i love that well maybe we'll test it on twitter i also may just be bad at this because when i met pablo i thought that he was mexican or at least when i first saw him on tv his name is pablo torre that'll sound that, that that sound mexican where i'm from but anyway ladies and gentlemen Thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Uh, we do this here three times a week. Shaw, you handles us everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, subscribe, like, follow The Right Time, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy.